Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I made a mistake already this morning. I did. I made a mistake. By the way, welcome to come in. We were talking off the air. I was telling a story of how my brother builds these monstrous projects, like a $250 million data center in northwest Indiana, right on Lake Michigan, right as you come across the skyway from Chicago into Indiana. There it is on the left-hand side by the casinos. And he's involved in another project, and he told me the other day, he told me the other day about, well, he's trying to raise another $300 million for a different project. And he got approached by a person, I don't know, agent, uh, manager, I don't know what, who represents OnlyFans ladies. Now, I don't know what OnlyFans is. And I now know what OnlyFans is because of talking to my brother. And then, of course, the young guys in the back, uh, I'm not going to say their names, but they know what it is. They don't subscribe. They're not giving their hard-earned cash. So I put it out just now on Twitter. I said, hey, do you know how much OnlyFans girls make? Oh, man, that was a mistake because I got a porn all of a sudden, Cherry 111111, Lenig. Uh, I got all of a sudden because I hashtagged it, OnlyFans girls are now wanting to DM me and subscribe. Mistake. Huge mistake. Oh, God, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. But let me talk this. Um, let me tell you the amount. So I asked my brother, I go, what's the deal? Why would they reach out to you? He goes, well, they make in some cases two to $5 million a month. Now I'm going to say that again. Some make two to $5 million a month and they need someplace somewhere to put the money. I don't know what it is, and I'm not playing stupid here. I mean, I, I, I've never been porn guy. Uh, but I, now, in the last, I don't know, week or two, I now know that OnlyFans ladies make a lot of money off of guys. And I also know never, ever, ever hashtag OnlyFans in your Twitter handle unless you want some of the ladies to come by and say hello. Not really my thing, but all right. Uh, oh, boy, a porn, amazing profile. Are you interested in more new subscriber and followers? DM me. That's from old a porn. She's uh, pretty adamant about, you know, I think she likes me. <laughs> I don't have any idea what all this is about. But I like it. Later on today, Allison Williams is going to join us. Later on today, I'm going to give you my five. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Actually, not five. Closer to seven or eight. <clears throat> um, best broadcasters. And I'm not going local guys. Everybody's got their local guy. If I went local guys, Don Fisher, the 
announcer at Indiana would be number one, number two, number three, number four, and number five. But before I get to all of that, let's play a little bit of Matt Gates. Matt Gates, oh boy, Matt Gates is, well, I don't think he's in trouble, do you? I don't think he's got anything. He said what he said, and we're starting to move into a world where, frankly, people don't care. He's a congressman, 1st District of Florida. Here's what Matt Gates had to say when confronted about comments that he made about who is out protesting at these abortion rallies, which we just had one here in Indy. Here's Matt Gates. Is it safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. What do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive? Be offended. Yeah. Be offended. And then what happens is the most ruthless, awful of us, the libs on the left, are going to now come out and say, well... Let me tell you something. I don't really much, I do some, but not much talk about how people look. I got to go through life looking like this. But we did just have a rally in Indianapolis that I did not attend. And frankly, I didn't see what everybody looked like. I didn't. I went downtown, I did my show, and I left. And I'm not even talking about the comments that the congressman made relative to how people look. As I said, I got to go through life looking like this. It ain't fun. But I love the fact that Gates said, hey, look, be offended. Write your article. Do your newscast. Get mad. That's the one thing you learn in this. Those that are quickly offended or those that you piss off in the media, they walk to the next thing immediately. So people get offended. And Gates Gates did about two minutes on this where he included, hey, how about tossing a salad once in a while in an elliptical? That's his opinion. My opinion is I got to look like this. Hey, man, it is what it is. My other opinion is, golly, those people on the left, those people that will take Gates to task here are sure the ones that I see yelling and screaming at rallies in the faces of people that are just standing there. Now, I don't know what they look like, but I saw it yesterday on the news. I saw yesterday on the news uh, abortion people that are pro, uh, what are they, pro-choice, just literally screaming at dudes that are just holding up a sign. I mean, losing their mind. So when you read somebody on the left that's going nuts over what the congressman said, remember, that person, particularly if they're in the media, probably among the worst people in the United States. I've lived it. I've learned it. I've loved it. And that should be all of our response. Well, you offended the Indy Star. Be offended. Well, you offended so-and-so. Be offended. I'm going to later on in this show... When I announce my, my, Dan Dockage, what has two thumbs in his name, Dan Dockage, this guy, I'm going to go anti-newspaper, anti-television commercial, 
with my top five announcers. Meaning, I'm not going to try to say, well, do I have a woman in there? Do I have an African-American in there? Oh, are, is there an interracial couple in there? Uh, do we have somebody that looks Asian, but not too Asian, but maybe so Asian that we can tell that they're Asian, but we don't get in trouble if we don't have an Asian? Do we have an, uh, what else? Is there a gay couple in there? No, I don't care about any of that crap. That's for commercials and for newspapers and for ESPN. I'm going to give you my top five announcers. Hint, there's not a woman in it. Oh, the horror. I like who I like. And I'm going to give you my top five. So don't at me, people. Oh, my God, how can you not have an interracial gay couple in there? I mean, if we're going to sell uh, Tide, then we must have an interracial couple, an African-American, a Caucasian, and, of course, somebody that looks a little bit Polynesian. Just a taste. <laughs> this one doesn't have it. This is your only poll you're ever going to see that doesn't give a rat's ass whether some woman or some man or some uh, group gets mad at me for not including them. Don't care. And they, they shouldn't care either. And if they're offended, as the great, not about great, but as Matt Gates says, eh, be offended. All right, college football is heating up, ladies and gentlemen, and no surprise, Ohio State with C.J. Stroud is absolutely the go-to. They are the go-to. They are the overwhelming favorite in the Big Ten. Doesn't matter that they didn't win the Big Ten last year. Doesn't matter that they didn't get to the championship game last year. That does not matter. What matters is this. What matters is that the Ohio State University, with the Heisman frontrunner, C.J. Stroud, is the favorite to win it. Now, according to most of the pundits, they are going to beat, guess who? They are going to beat Wisconsin. Here's the deal, though. I beg to differ. And both of these are overwhelming favorites. I beg to differ. I don't beg often, but I'm begging to differ in this case. Why, you ask? I'll tell you why. Purdue. I wore my black and gold. I mean, if people are going to say that I hide behind religion and I hide behind kids, then I might as well wear the church that I go to shirt. I don't know. It's a comfortable shirt, it's a little chilly, and I like the church. But long story short, here's the deal. Watch out for the Boilermakers, baby. What are you talking about, Dan? What are you talking about? You're always talking about Purdue football. Here's it in Indiana. You never talk about Indiana football. Indiana football didn't win a Big Ten game last year. I like Tom Allen. I'm a fan of Tom Allen. I'm all in on Tom Allen. Well, you also said, Dan, that Jeff Brown was leaving for Louisville. He will. Give it a minute. But the truth of the matter is, Purdue does not play Michigan. Purdue does not play the Ohio State University. Now, I want you to think about that right there. If you're going to be in the Big Ten and you are not going to play Purdue and Ohio State in a season, first off, uh, you got hella lucky, right? I mean, you did. You got hella lucky. You got really, really lucky. And now I'm going to add to it. Now, I don't know whether Mel Tucker can coach anything. He had a couple wins, and then they did what Michigan State and Mel Tucker's teams have always done. They've fallen apart. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Mel Tucker is the greatest coach ever. I know we're supposed to say that, but, I, again, I treat everybody the same. Everybody. 
But here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Wisconsin only of those three. Wisconsin has to play at Ohio State, at Michigan State. That's going to determine where Wisconsin isn't going to win the division. Purdue and Ohio State are going to play in the Big Ten final. Now, you can get some pretty good money on Purdue. And I've told you before, and I'll tell you again, Aiden O'Connell, the Purdue quarterback, right now went from plus 10,000, meaning if you bet 100, you get 10,000 back, to plus 9,000 to win the Heisman Trophy. Is Wisconsin going to lose at Ohio State? Yes. It's the opener of their Big Ten season. Is Wisconsin going to lose to Illinois, Northwestern? No. Is Wisconsin going to lose to Michigan State? Yes. The problem Purdue has in this is that Purdue has to go to Wisconsin, but everything else, don't buy into everything that you read on the internet. And one of the reasons I tell you these things is because when they happen, I like to praise myself. And when they don't, guess what? You all forget about them. Don't forget about this one. I truly believe that Purdue will win the, the Big Ten West and come, uh, what, hour and a half, two hours down the road and take on the great Ohio State University. Mark it. Book it. I'll have more on it as we go through the season. And for Purdue, the opener is the key. Both teams, really, the opener is the key. But Purdue gets to play at home against Penn State on September 1st. The opener in the Big Ten for, Ohio, or for Wisconsin, as I said, is at the Ohio State University. Just telling you. Why would the Celtics want Kevin Durant? Can anybody explain this to me? Celtics have a good young core. They broke through and they got themselves into the NBA Finals. Yeah, they didn't win, but they got to the NBA Finals. Now, all of a sudden, they're talking about breaking up this young core. Look, I understand the NBA is different now. I understand that back in the day, you had to bust through. Michael had to finally, finally, finally get through the damn Pistons. The Pacers could never quite get through the Knicks. The Knicks couldn't quite get through to win a title. You got to break through in the NBA. Ah. And it's best done with a group of guys that have been through some hard stuff. They're talking about getting rid of Jalen Brown. Maybe they should. Durant's a better player. I get all that. But let me ask you a question. Where's Durant ever gone other than a lay down with a bunch of great guys where it's gone well? Like, I get Durant, as I've said, sits there, puts his little hat on, sits back, acts like kind of a jackass when he's really not. He's really a good guy by all accounts at press conferences, and every media is afraid of him. I get all that, but where's he ever gone that it's really worked out? Yeah, he went to Golden State. How'd that end? How's it going here in Brooklyn? I mean, I'm just asking. So to win in the Big Ten, man... You got a big 10 to win in the NBA. You got to bust through. So all of a sudden you're telling me the Celtics are going to decide. Yeah, wait a second. We want to give up on a nucleus that has at minimum got itself to the NBA finals. 
I think at maximum will be by far, by far the favorite to get there. And frankly, history tells me in the NBA, that's the way to do it. Look, I don't know whether Brad Stevens knows this or not. I assume he does. And I also don't know whether there's any truth to the rumor. Look, every single news article I've ever read about me has been filled with complete bullshit. Everyone. Everyone. Not saying totally. I'm saying filled with. That's just me. I'm a nobody. Can you imagine with all these dudes scrambling around to beat each other to the punch, to beat each other to the lead, to beat each other to the scoop? How many lies are in an article, in an NBA article? Gerald Ford, the president, famously said to Bob Knight, if you think that the sports page is bad, check out the front page in terms of misleading stuff and lies. Well, I think the sports page is awful, so I'm not necessarily buying any of this. Because logic tells me, man, in the NBA, you keep a good enough nucleus, you add to it, and away you go. It's actually kind of how Miami has always done things. Hey, look, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just telling you, when I look at it, that's the way to go. And the question then becomes, why would the Celtics want this? It, it's like dealing with Bob Knight or Donald Trump. When you deal with Bob Knight, everybody that's ever dealt with Bob Knight, it never ends well, the relationship. I mean, never. Anyone that's ever dealt with Donald Trump will tell you, it never ends well. Kevin Durant's the same thing. In the NBA, it just doesn't end well. So why would you do it? Hey, I don't know. A lot smarter guys than me are running it. I just happen to look at things in a historical view, and frankly, I am a basketball savant. Uh, Tyreek Hill is sad. He is. Tyreek Hill is sad. And when sad players get traded, they become sadder. So Tyreek Hill, in all his sadness, is putting on really cool shades. If you guys have the really cool shades, I meant to send it to you, I forgot. He put on really cool shades, and he's really cool, and he dropped F-bombs on national TV saying that Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Now, mind you, Tyreek Hill hasn't played one down with him, hasn't played in pads with him, hasn't even practiced with him. But Tyreek Hill is sad. And when athletes get sad, we get to listen to him. He's sad. He wanted to stay. When contracts were signed like Devontae Adams, the bar for contracts for wide receiver went up. Chiefs weren't willing to pay it. That made Tyreek Hill sad. I'm sad. So Mahomes isn't nearly as good, and Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I'm not even going to give you Tua's numbers. I'm not. But Tyreek Hill is exactly what the, quote, new media athlete is. You can just say it, and it'll end up on SportsCenter. You can just say it. It'll end up on the greatest show in the morning's ours. I'm sad. He be mean to me. They're mean to me. And you read mean to me. He mean. He didn't give me all my money. So I'm going to go and, 
and, and, and, and, and, and two is great. Great, maybe he is. Maybe he is. But at some point, unlike the world that we live in, at some point, ladies and gentlemen, you got to prove it. And that's what I love about the NFL. You got 17 games. You don't have 82 games and load management and my toenail hurts and my ass is pucking. No, uh-uh. none of that. No, nope, 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 you got to prove it in the NFL, and you got to prove it against the best athletes. You got to prove it against people that have a week to prepare for you. We shall see what we shall see. All right, my favorite team, non-Colts division, because frankly, the Colts pay the bills. And as anybody knows, I am a Colts fan. As anybody knows, I am a Colts season ticket holder. All right, those two things lend itself to me loving the Colts. All right. Now, having said that, my second favorite team has become the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings will be much improved this year for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons is the Minnesota Vikings, under a general manager named Kwesi Adolfo Mensah, have real toughness. They hired my boy, Ryan Grigson. Colts haven't been the same since Grigson left. Colts have been soft. Colts have been entitled. There's been the great correction. Colts haven't wanted to play. Colts fall down the stretch. When they had Grigson, what'd they do? They never had a losing season. They went to the AFC Championship game, and Andrew Luck wasn't even thinking about quitting because great players like toughness. Well, guess what? I love what happens here. See that man, that general manager? That general manager is a no BS general manager. He said, I'll be frank. No, he's not Frank. See what I did there. Uh, The one asset where you get nervous about not burning it down is quarterback. We don't have Tom Brady. Eh, What? We're not being nice? We don't have Mahomes. Super Bowl is more likely to win if you have that quarterback. Uh, It's very unlikely to have that quarterback. I think he's going to really thrive in a system and a coach that respects him, one of their players said. Uh, Ben Lieber. Ben Lieber's sad. Ben Lieber's sad for Kirk Cowles. He's sad. I mean, it's not like I'm breaking news that Mike Zimmer did not like Kirk Cousins. Well, anybody that's trying to win Ben Lieber... You're okay on Kirk Cousins, including the new general manager. See, this is why I like the Vikings. Look, I don't know. Obviously, everything has to run through Green Bay and Andrew Aaron Rodgers and certainly the quarterbacks that they are talking about here or that Mr. Mensu is talking about, Mensa is talking about here. Uh, they have one in Aaron Rodgers. But I like the fact that this man here, this man, I'll call him a man. Everybody else is a wishy-washy little weenie per, for the most part. But this man right here, he's saying, hey, look, we don't have that guy. We need that guy. We want that guy. Let's go get that guy. But in the meantime, we got this guy, and this guy better be good. That's what he's saying here. And you can yell you like that and all the late game numbers that Kirk Cousins puts up. But the truth of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, this guy's right. They don't have Brady or Mahomes. Now, what are you going to do about it, Kirk Cousins? Are you going to be sad? (laughs) He's sad. 
They're mean to me. That's what uh, I think it was my little sister used to say. They're mean to me. So in our family, that's what we've always said. They're mean to me. Well, all right, Kirk, they're mean to you. As uh, Gates said, Matt Gates. So they're mean to you. So be offended. I'm anxious to see. Bet the Vikings over. I don't have the number right here. It just came to my head. Bet the Vikings over. God, you're getting great information today. You are welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're coming to you live from Boston. Uh, How about LeBron James saying Boston fans are racist as F? Same guy that wrote his own, you know, slurs, allegedly, on his own house. LeBron's weird. All right. Congratulations, Chris Russo. Mad dog. I'm being inducted to the Radio Hall of Fame. Here's the deal. Mad Dog, I listened to him. I listened to Mad Dog yesterday on the way home because I saw it. He gave a really nice New York-type speech, right? Self-deprecating, prideful, naming everybody and their mother that helped him. It's really a great story from a 23-year-old on a little crappy station getting a call. Hey, anybody got a new New York accent? Come on up here and audition. First guy that hired Mad Dog Russo was my current boss, Jeff Smolian. I've been lucky in my radio career. I worked for the greatest to ever do it, and Jeff Smolian, Mad Dog did too. Steve Cohen now runs Sirius XM Radio, and they gave Mad Dog Russo a channel, and it's well worth it. Mad Dog Russo absolutely belongs in the Hall of Fame of radio. There's no question about it. Now, look, Hall of Fame, I didn't say sports radio. I said radio. Mad Dog Russo has been entertaining, enlightening, encouraging, and being a friend for like 39 years, he said. I think he said he started in 1983. And one of the things that I liked about Mad Dog Russo yesterday, and I've met him once. I've met him once. I've talked to him on the phone twice, did a couple shows for him. But one of the things I really like about Mad Dog Russo is that Mad Dog Russo appreciates God, appreciates a higher power. That's big. When I heard him talking about that, I thought to myself, wow, that's cool. Very cool. Mad Dog Russo, you can see him here on ESPN where he makes 10 grand in appearance. Wow. But anyway, congratulations. I wasn't a New Yorker. I didn't listen to Mike and the Mad Dog. I knew Francesa a couple years when he would come to Bloomington with Bill Parcells and uh, Bill Belichick, and we would hang out. I didn't really know him. I didn't follow him. I didn't listen to him. But I think that guy is a great dude, and congratulations to Mad Dog Russo. I should sing this. Guess who's back, 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 back. Yes, he's back. Yes, Fauci's back. Fauci's back. Fauci's back. Fauci's back. Guess what he wants, wants, wants. He wants masks, masks. Mask. Yes, he wants. Yes, he wants. He wants masks. Fauci's back and wants masks. There you go. All right. Uh, can we play it, Big Daddy? Let's hear from our uh, somewhat beloved and beleaguered COVID leader, Dr. Fauci. We're in a zone or a, or, a, or a county, state, or a city that has a very high level of dynamic of viral circulation, the CDC would recommend strongly that you wear a mask in a congregate indoor setting. And that would include schools, places of work, uh, anything that 
brings people together in a closed uh, environment. That is good public health practice. Guess who's back, back, back. Fauci's back, back, back. Guess who's back, guess who's back. Guess who's back? I can see the YouTube show. Yeah, he's back and he's saving lives. You know how many lives have been absolutely lost because of mental health issues, shutting down kids' schools? Look, I'm not going to get into a debate. It's a tired debate. It's a debate that's gone on forever. And I feel bad for Fauci. Why? Because Fauci got thrust into a situation that if you really paid attention, he certainly was qualified for but he was too political for it. He had big-time companies pulling at him. He had big-time political folks pulling at him. And frankly, he was the only guy for the job, but the truth is also, um, well, he wasn't exactly an unbiased bystander. Head to back, Jess who's back, guess who's back. What's going on in the YouTube chat? We shall see what we shall see. Be offended, people. Be offended. Hey, can we play that as we go to break? How do you feel? I mean, I love throwing things at you guys. That's the beauty of live TV. Let me know in my ear if we can't play Matt Gates saying, and you can tell the journalist, the journalist is all excited because she gets to talk to Matt Gates, and Matt Gates is right here in front of me, and I don't know what to do, but I'm going to ask him real quick. When we come back, When we come back, I got my five favorite announcers. There's no inclusion in this. There's no, well, you must have diversity. This is like a commercial. No. No. We'll be right back. Is it safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. What do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive? Be offended. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, um, you go this route, all right? And the world we live in, right? The world we live in. Well, if you're going to make any list, like I remember Jay Billis made a list of the top announcers in, at ESPN. And of course, he had Carol Lawson. He had old, he had young, he had black, he had white, he had woman, he had male. This is none of that. This is not the newspaper that you read. This is not the television commercial that you see where you have to have, well, let's have a lead African-American and then we'll have a gay couple in the back and then let's have, we got to have a Caucasian and then we'll have an Asian. I mean, we all see it. It's fine. I don't really care because I rarely watch commercials, but you know what I'm talking about. This isn't that. This is absolutely not that. This is very simple, very easy. The top five-ish announcers that I want to listen to. Now, caveat. My wife is legitimately, her name is Lee Ross Dockets, at least according to baseball people. 
including Tucker Barnhart, who sent me a text one night listening to my wife. And he said, that's the best softball analyst I've ever heard. Is that your wife? I said, yeah. Because she knows the game. She coached the game. So my wife, I'm not putting on here because of nepotism. Uh, and because she doesn't fit the narrative of Mega Ronowitz and the folks. And she worked at ESPN. She was the best they had at ESPN. But maybe because of me, I don't know. But I'm back. I don't know what the problem is. But she is the best announcer for college softball. She doesn't giggle. She doesn't talk about the zone. She doesn't talk about stupid stuff. She is, at least according to Tucker Barnhart, she is the best. I'm not putting her on. I'm not putting my friend Seth Greenberg on. I should, but I'm not. Seth Greenberg is the best college basketball announcer that there is. When you li- other than me. When you listen to college basketball, you get one guy that... Or you get, well, you know, uh, that was a foul. Or you get guys that sound like, well, you know, that was a foul. Or you get guys that legitimately don't know anything. Seth Greenberg and Fran Fischella are terrific because they tell you stuff. Actually, I was watching Seth Greenberg last night. He got a little mad at me, but what are you going to do? Seth Greenberg tells you, he tells you with an enthusiasm, he tells you with an energy that others that are smug say, well, you know, that was a foul. And again, anybody else, who are you really going to listen to in college? Grant Hill? Grant Hill doesn't even know the players. Grant Hill, (laughs) like I said the other day, when in doubt, hire Condoleezza Rice and Grant Hill. Hey, Rock, go fight, win. Who are you going to listen to? Some 12-year-old? Every time, I'm very picky with who I have on with college basketball. In fact, this year in college basketball, I had, uh, I read a lot of books. I read Baldacci while I was watching the games. I mean, I got other guys who are like, well, you know, the young men today, shut up. College basketball, Seth Greenberg is by far and away, he can do studio better than anybody. He's more informed than anybody. And when he does a game, he gives you a coach's perspective, which, frankly, everybody inside the medium knows. If you're not a coach, haven't been a head coach, you don't know your ass really from third base. No matter if you run a camp or you're smug, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And I'm talking about it. Like Guys in college basketball get so smug. College football, they're just not very good. I'm sorry. Herb Street is good. Herb Street makes my uh, honorable mention. But college football analysts just aren't very good. You guys like Romo a lot better than me. You guys think Romo's great. Uh, Romo was great, but Romo's not Romo anymore. Romo doesn't do what Romo used to do. I wouldn't put Romo as a must-listen. Is a football analyst. I think Herb Street's great. I don't have him as my top five. There's too many other good announcers, but he's good. He's versatile. I'll never understand why ESPN gives every show and every game to him, but, hey, he must be the only guy ESPN is telling me he's the only guy at ESPN that's any good. I mean, when you do the show and then you got to fly out you know, halfway across the country, they're telling us that ESPN is not very good or the other guys at ESPN are not very good. And I can't name one other than Todd Blackledge. I think Todd Blackledge is terrific. I think Todd Blackledge is literally the best guy at ESPN. He and Herb Street are terrific. I mean, if you got to listen to Rod Gilmore, you might as well go to bed.
Oh, and that's just not me talking. That's whatever. But anyway, I love, love, love Herb Street. And I love, love, love Blackledge. I actually forgot about Blackledge till right now. But they're not in my top 10. They're not. In fact, I got to tell you, I'm not sure I have. Let's see here. Anyway, honorable mention. Oh, Charles Davis. Charles Davis, an easy listen. Doesn't say a lot. A little Herb Street-like. Doesn't say anything to ever get you controversial. But he's a really good listen. He is. Uh, and I'll tell you why I say that. It was, I don't know his voice well. I don't. But it was in the middle of the football season last year. And I'm listening, and I'm like, man, this guy's pretty good. Uh, Who the hell is this? It was Charles Davis. I thought he was really good. See, in Indy, we get Arshanolt. What's that guy's name? I don't know. I think he was a special team. We get that guy when you're bad. You don't want that guy when you're bad. But anyway, Herb Street, terrific. I'm going to give you another honorable mention. Bobby Wischusen. Let me tell you about Bob Wischusen. Bob Wischusen does the Jets, college basketball, with Dick Vitale. Hockey. Think about that. Think about that for a second. Hockey's the hardest sport to do for a variety of reasons. It's fast, right? But you know what else hockey is? They got some names, brother. They got names from every. They got all those Serbians. They don't have Serbians. They got all those Russians and Czechoslovakia. I mean, they got names. Kamikov kids at the corner. It's not like Smith, Jones, and Carpenter, although Bobby Carpenter was, I believe, a really good player. But the truth of the matter is um, I got five for you that I really like. All right? Number five, you guys may not even know these two guys, but they are the two most, let me back up. I'm not going to be hyperbolic in this. They were two of my favorites to work with. They were absolutely great at what they do. On the left, Dave Fleming, babyface. A little pissed at him. He didn't text me back last night. I want to know if he liked a friend of mine who's in the media there. But Dave Fleming is the smoothest dude around. Dave Fleming does San Francisco Giants baseball, ESPN Pac-12 football, ESPN uh, college basketball. Whatever you want Dave Fleming to do, he does. And when you go to San Francisco, this dude's a star. Like San Francisco, the announced team of Crew Cow. And uh, John, whatever the hell his name is, I forget his name, and uh, Dave Fleming, they are superstars in that market. I spent the night, a couple nights with Dave and his wife. My wife and I went out to San Francisco. We went to a Cubs series, stayed at his house. You walk around San Francisco with Dave Fleming, you're walking around with greatness. Same thing with Obi, the guy on the right. Dave O'Brien's a Red Sox announcer, but he's so much more than that. Did Super Tuesday... For years, once Brent Musburger gave it up. I'd have Brent on this in the Mount Rushmore, but Brent just retired. At least he's not broadcasting, or Brent would be in here. Brent's the all-timer for me. I remember as a young kid with CBS uh, Channel 2 in Chicago. But Dave O'Brien, same thing, man. College basketball, the best. He worked with Lavin and myself on Super Tuesdays. Aaron Andrews was with uh, OB, and we had a variety of terrific sideline people uh, including uh, Sam Ponder, who you now see 
on the morning show, the morning football show. But Dave O'Brien, same thing, ACC football, college basketball, and is totally, completely revered in the city of Boston as not a good broadcaster, a great broadcaster, and a great dude. Both of those guys are such great dudes that I could not keep them off. All right, number four. Number four is Sir Charles of the Barkley. Now, you're going to say to me, Dan, how can you put Charles Barkley fourth? I'm going to say to you, I don't know. Of everybody on this list, there, let me put it this way, there is nobody on this list that I would rather listen to than Charles Barkley. Have you even paid attention to any other halftime show, whether it's the NBA or college basketball? Abysmal. Abysmal. You can't tell me one thing that any other, and I'm not just talking about uh, whether it's you know ESPN or NBA. I'm talking about any halftime show, anytime, anywhere. They got 8 million guys at the desk. Everybody's trying to yuck it up. And you know what Barkley does? Sits there and listens. He sits there, gets played, and listens. And it's awesome. Makes fun of himself. Any gag you want, they'll do. That's what I always tell my producers. Whatever you want to go, man, we'll go. Whatever you want to do, we're going to do. Don't matter to me. I don't care. You want Benetti to tap dance on my head? Do it. But Barkley's magic. He's the number one guy. That, But here's why I have him fourth. He's not as versatile as these other guys. I think Barkley would be terrific calling games, but he makes $10 million in studio. I think Barkley would be great hosting a show, but he makes $10 million in studio. I think Barkley would be great at whatever he wanted to do. These other guys, as I talked about with Obi and I talked about with Dave Fleming, they do this, that. I mean, they do everything. Barkley has his niche, and it's the best niche on TV. There's nobody better. Nobody I'd rather watch. In fact, I don't even watch NBA games, but if I know it's about halftime, I'll see if Barkley's on. If he is, I watch. K. Smith, not bad either. Shaq is, well, Shaq wouldn't be on there if he wasn't Shaq. Let's move. Big man. So anyway, there you go. There is number four. Um, Number three to me is number three because, well, I think he is the best of a bad lot. Like, people are going to give me hell, and they're going to say, well, you know, you're wrong. Troy Aikman's better than Chris Collingsworth. Not to me. Uh, Chris Collingsworth, to me, to me, is the best NFL analyst, and it ain't close. It ain't close. Like, Aikman's fine, and Aikman and Joe Buck, great upgrade to ESPN's Monday Night Football. I personally, just me, I think that ESPN made a mistake. I think they should have stayed in-house, put Bonetti on Monday Night Football. If they could have brought over Aikman, it would have worked out just fine. But that's just me. I'm a big Joe Buck fan. I'm just not a big a Joe Buck fan where I got to watch if Joe Buck's on there. I think he's terrific. I think Aikman's terrific. I do. But I think Collinsworth is by far the best that there is on television for football. And frankly, I don't think it's really close. I don't. 
Like, there's not a second. Romo, I used to really enjoy. What they tell you to do in broadcasting is be enthusiastic, be informed, all that, but forecast. Tell us what's going to happen before it happens. If I were Romo's agent, if I were Romo's friend, I'd say you got to get back to who you were. Like, I get it. He's a star. He's got his sketchers. He plays in little golf tournaments, and he made his money, right? He got his contract. But he's not nearly as good as Chris Collinsworth. It's not close. Chris Collinsworth, not afraid to call people out. You know how I knew Chris Collinsworth was good? When I was interviewing a couple Colts, this is a few years ago, probably six or seven, and they didn't like Chris Collinsworth because he was too critical. You're an NBC man. Your job is not to acquiesce to players. We can all in this world handle a little criticism. I mean, some of us, myself, we fight back against it stupidly. But Chris Collinsworth and Johnny Miller, I thought, were just great. Collins were still in there. Johnny Miller, not. You can have Faldo. You can have Zinger. You can have all. They're all fine. You can have Jim Nance. That's all fine. But to me, Chris Collinsworth, by far the best color analyst at ESPN, or anywhere. Doesn't matter. Not at ESPN, but anywhere. All right. Al Michaels, number two. Al Michaels, to me, and it isn't just, well, the miracle on ice. It isn't just, well, when he calls a game or slides in. Al Michaels, to me, has a voice that tells me this is big. Al Michaels, to me, has a comfort in his mannerisms that tell me, man, it's Sunday night. This is fun. If Al Michaels is doing a game, you can bet two things are happening. He's staying at a Ritz-Carlton somewhere, and if it's, they don't have one in the city, he's helicoptering in, at least what I heard. And it's a smooth, easy, great broadcast. And there's always some digs in there. That's what I like. If you really pay attention to Disney films back in the day, not now because all you little mommies and daddies are so butthurt about everything that's said. Uh, But back in the day, there were always little innuendos. There were always little things in there. And I always liked, I always could pick them up even as a little kid. That's what Al Michaels does. Al Michaels will hit you with something. He and Brett Musburger understood better than any, better than any, that gambling was all the rage. Better than any. He, so he would throw in, not as obvious as Brett Musburger, but he would throw in, hey, look, somebody's really paying attention to this. I love L. Michaels. I love L. Michaels. Hope he is okay. Hope he keeps going. But that dude is smooth. My first taste, like most of us, with L. Michaels was 1980, Miracle on Ice. It was tape delayed. A lot of you don't know that. I watched it on tape delay. We ran out in the streets. Do you believe in miracles? To this day, you can see right there. It gives me tingles. See? See my hair is on my arm standing up? It does. Love L. Michaels. You got to be alive. You got to be broadcasting. And you can't just be a local guy to make this list. My top one is actually two. Mike Tirico and Jason Benetti. Now, I work with both. And not everyone you work with do you like. Not everyone you work with do you mesh with. Not everyone you work with do you respect. Like when I do a broadcast, I know this, a basketball broadcast, there is nobody in the building other than the coaches that knows more about this game than me. And I'm always curious how well my play-by-play guy can see. Now, 
I just worked with a fantastic, and I'm working with him tonight, Eric Collins. Eric Collins should be on this list. Eric Collins needs to be mentioned. Maybe the smartest person. Well, maybe not, because these two guys are savants. In terms of overall brilliance, dealing with people, whatever, these two, Mike and Jason, are savants. Eric Collins is, too. I can't wait to work with him tonight. We'll be on at 7, and we'll be on at 9 tonight on ESPN2 calling uh, TBT games. But these two guys are the best that I've ever worked with. These two guys are the most fun that I've ever worked with. These two guys are the smartest that I've ever worked with. They both went to Syracuse, which sucks. Actually, it doesn't, so that I can talk about 1987, Keith Smart, and me getting a national championship ring. They're both self-deprecating. They're both incredibly hard workers. Tell you about Mike Tirico. So Mike and I are going to work with Bart Fox and Scott Johnson. Bart is the best producer that ESPN has ever had of college basketball. He is now with Fox and the Big Ten Network. Uh, he is not, uh, excuse me, uh, Scott Johnson is currently, currently the best director at ESPN. He does the big Sunday night game, and he's the best basketball director. We worked together for years. We were working with Dave O'Brien, Mike Tirico, was doing the national championship game on Monday night, Notre Dame, Alabama. And we were doing a Tuesday game in uh, Michigan State, Michigan State, I believe, Louisville. We come into the game. We go to the shoot-around. I'm sorry. I don't know, 9, 10 o'clock. Who's sitting right there? First time I ever met him in person, Mike Tirico. Somehow, some way, it mattered to him enough to get from wherever the hell the national championship game, I want to say New Orleans, to a shoot-around, not the game, a shoot-around at Michigan State. We had an absolute blast for the four or five years we worked together. Mike, myself, Scott, and Bart. And I got to tell you, Mike Tirico treated everyone great. Mike Tirico was smarter than everyone, and everyone in the truck knew it. Mike Tirico would rip on me, and I loved it. One time I asked Mike on air, hey, Mike, when do you sleep? You know what his answer was? When you're talking. I think we made up the greatest tandem in the history, at least this is what the bosses told me, in the history of ESPN basketball. Now, you've seen Mike move on to other things. Mike is now with NBC doing literally everything. Why? Because he can literally do everything. Benetti's the same way. ESPN, they don't really care. I mean, let's be honest. Benetti. So they could fit his, and you watch what they do with it, but they lost an absolute superstar with Jason Benetti going over to Fox. Benetti and I used to do this. We used to bet on how many times he's going to fall at an airport. Those of you that don't know, Jason Benetti has cerebral palsy. Jason Benetti has one eye that goes this way. When you're looking and talking to Jason Benetti, you're not sure. And I make fun of him all the time with it, as he makes fun of me. Benetti sees things like Tirico sees things. Nobody in broadcasting sees things better than those two. Benetti sees things with an eye that I don't know where the hell it's going. But he sees things better than anybody. He'll pick up something. 
And that's big to me. There's nothing worse on a broadcast when I see it and the play-by-play guy gets it totally wrong because he's not looking at the right thing or doesn't know the game well enough. Benetti's the best. You want White Sox baseball? Benetti and Stone are the two best in the business, voted on by the fans. College football, ESPN made a hell of a mistake. They put their best guy, Benetti, in some Friday night game in the middle of Colorado or in the middle of somewhere. He should be on Monday night football, and they know it. But Eddie's moved to Fox now. But Eddie's the number two guy with Brock Hewitt. It'll be the best broadcast on television for college football. I love Gus. I love Clatt. But those two guys together should be magic. But Eddie will work college basketball where he's the best that there is. But Eddie will work baseball where he and Stoney are the best. You know what? I was listening to Mad Dog yesterday, and I got to tell you, God has been looking out for me because Benetti is a dear friend. Tarico, a dear friend. Fleming, a dear friend. Obi, a dear friend. And I got a chance to work with all of them. And this list isn't because I worked with them. This list, I, hey, look, a couple of my buddies in broadcast will say, what the hell? You didn't put me on your list, and I'll say, get better. A couple of my buddies in broadcast will bitch about the list, and I'll say, get better. That's how I am. And they'll laugh, and then we'll talk about whatever. Nothing more fun than a night before with either Benetti or Tarico, Scott Johnson, uh, Bart Fox, Molly McGrath, maybe Sam Ponder, maybe Allison Williams. Allison was with us, too, and that was the most fun, because Allison just say anything. And she joins us at 1030. Those are my five. You can tell me who your five are, but I'm going to tell you, don't bring me the crap. Don't bring me the crap. Uh, you know, they're, co- they're calling a game because their lifestyle fits the person that is, uh, you know, don't give me the crap of, well, you know, I got to put this guy on because he's part of this minority, or I got to put this person on because, well, you know, they're female. No, no, crap. Don't bring that to me. Don't bring that to me even a little bit. Don't bring it to me today. Don't bring it to me tomorrow. That's for you all. That's not for OutKick. At OutKick, we just tell you what the hell it is. I can see it now. Dawkins is a misogynist. He doesn't have any women. You're right. I don't. Get better. Uh, is that bad to say? And if you're offended, as my man Matt, I don't know about my man, but Matt Gates said, then be offended. You got to be good enough to get in with me. You got to be good enough to work sideline. You got to be good enough to produce. Got to tell you, man, I'm working with a guy tonight, Eric Collins, who is not only good enough, he's great. There are guys like Jeff Goodman doesn't like me. Jeff Goodman's a writer. He doesn't like me. Anything that's negative. And you know why he doesn't like me? He was so bad on a broadcast that I called him out on air. He was so bad. I apologize after. I'm like, hey, look, you know, uh, probably, you know, went too far. Invite him to dinner with my wife and I. But he never forgot it. See, and he's never been back on TV. Why? Because he got offended. He got his little feelings hurt. And instead of getting better, he whines about it. So he's not back on TV. I mean, it's that simple. 
We all get told we suck. My first game working with Dave O'Brien. True story. Halftime, Indiana Wright State. We were going to be the Super Tuesday group. It was a trial run. I'm so bad. Everybody in the truck knows I'm so bad. O'Brien knows I'm so bad. I stand up to lead. At halftime. Like, I don't need this crap. O'Brien says, just be better. See, that's how I live. The Jeff Goodmans of the world that are so bad and then think they're good and then, oh, I don't know, somebody tells them, on air you stink. Instead of getting good, Doggage is a jerk. He's an ass. Okay, maybe. Get better. Sack up. So if you're in the same situation, Mad Dog got fired three times. Three times Mad Dog got fired, he was talking about. He got told by a co-worker he was the worst he ever worked with on air, I think. I think that's what I heard. I might have missed it. It might have been a producer. I was in the car. But he told about the ups and the downs. He didn't go to Twitter. I'm going to go to Twitter and tell everybody you're a meanie. No. You know, he did. He got better. Met in the Hall of Fame. It's what you do. That's what the term sack up means. What do you mean to tell you? Hey, look, if you're going to be in broadcast, this is why, this is why I say I'm an entertainer, not a broadcaster. Broadcasters, the bad ones, the media guys get hurt, butt hurt. I'm going to Twitter every time I see something. No. Us entertainers, we know we're going to get criticized. We punch back a little bit with facts, but we know we're going to get criticized. We expect it. We're entertainers, for Christ's sake. Media guys, it's the first time in their lives. To quote Matt Gates, you seen some of these guys? Nobody ever paid attention to them. Now somebody pays attention to them, and they get sad when they get criticized. No, the guys that I put here, these dudes get criticized left and right. These dudes get crushed left and right. You know what? They just keep rolling. Sack up is real, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, I got Kyler Murray's contract. I was hearing our friend Ryan Clark. <laughs> Ryan Clark with his little agenda. Anything about Kyler Murray is about Kyler Murray. I'll explain when we come back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know if you saw this, but damn. Uh, Can we put up the contract that Kyler Murray signed and had to sign with the St. I was going to say the St. Louis Cardinals, with the Arizona Cardinals. I got to tell you, in my entire lifetime, this is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. 
There is a homework clause in Kyler Murray's contract. Yes, I said it. Homework clause in his $230 million Arizona Cardinals contract that mandates four hours of study. So when I was a kid, my parents were teachers. Every C I got, I used to have to study for an hour. It's an independent study addendum that is in his contract. Murray will need to study material provided to him by the club in order to prepare for the club's next upcoming game. Murray will receive credit for his film study, according to the contract. The addendum states, listen to this, that Murray spends in, the, the addendum states at the time that Murray spends in mandatory meetings studying does not count, and that Murray also won't receive credit if he does not personally study the provided material in good, in good faith. Listen to this. The addendum also states that Murray will not get credit if he's not studying or watching the material while it plays on his tablet or if he's doing something that can distract him or draw his attention elsewhere while the material is playing, such as video games, watching TV, or browsing the Internet. Failing to meet the addendum's requirement will mean Murray will be deemed to be in default of his contract per the wording of the agreement. You got a child here. You got an effing child here. Now, all these guys on TV can make all the excuses. And look, I know Ryan Clark has an agenda. I, I know that. Ryan Clark actually said, this is a coaching thing. Now, Ryan Clark continues to be the stupidest among us. We all know this. But the truth of the matter is, this is on one guy and one guy only. Now, ESPN, of course, because, well, we all know why, is saying, who does it make look worse? The Cardinals or Murray? Are you insane? It makes Murray look like a totally incompetent child. It makes the Cardinals go, hey, look, we don't have a lot of options at quarterback, so we've got to sign this child, and we've got to put these things in because he's a child. That's all that is. And Ryan Clark right now can be up there screaming and yelling and doing all his stuff, but he's full of crap. The truth of the matter is, you got a child. You're stuck with the child. Should you have done your research before? Not really. How are you going to know? So this child in Murray uh, wants to play video games, browse the internet, and watch TV instead of doing his job. Now, you want to know, you want to know why the Cardinals didn't want to do it? You want to know why the Cardinals weren't jumping up and down? Good for the Cardinals. There's some guy on here right now yelling and screaming. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay. How about just simply this? Kyler Murray is a freaking child that has to be treated as a child that must be dictated to as a child. And if I'm the Cardinal, it's not like in the NFL, you can just go out and, oh, I don't know, find a guy to run your offense, find a guy. And no matter how many crazy eyes or all this stuff that the guys on ESPN give you, or the dude's a child, complete child. 
How ridiculous is it that you've got to tell a man, supposed man, hey, look, this is the NFL. You should be doing this stuff on your own. We wish we had someone else, you jackass, but we're stuck with you. So in being stuck with you, guess what we got to do? We're going to pay you because we're stuck with you. And we're going to pay you in the hopes that you grow a pair and not be a 12-year-old. But while we pay you, we're going to put things in your contract that express how big of a one fraud to child you actually are. That's all this is. Do whatever you'd like. Blame it on a coach. Blame it on the GM. Blame it on a position coach. Blame it on whatever. Do whatever you'd like. But this, ladies and gentlemen, is the funniest thing that I have ever seen. Ever. In a contract. You know, Dan, um, we would really like for you to do a show on OutKick. But we know you don't work at it, but you're the most talented, handsome guy that there is. So we're going to put in this contract that you actually have to work at it. We're going to put in a – I can't even say it. And these idiots up here, whether it's this, uh, what's this guy's name, Foxworth or some other guy, or what? they're idiots. They have agendas. That's why this show has become so popular. There's no agenda other than when a guy is a complete dumbass, you say, hey, look, you're a complete dumbass, and we got to put complete dumbass things into the contract to protect us from your dumbassery. Do we have the Bleacher Report up there? This is a good one, too. Let's put the Bleacher Report up there. This reeks of Jamarcus Russell. Now, I'm sure Jamarcus Russell, uh, you know, I'm sure that Jamarcus Russell got screwed. But Jamarcus Russell was such a clown that they actually gave Jamarcus Russell blank tapes to see if that idiot watched film. How about that? Like, we know that you aren't going to do what the hell you're supposed to do. We made the mistake of drafting you. So we're going to try to make the best of this situation by saying, hey, look, um, there's a deal. Now, Mark, now, Jamarcus Russell when they realized that he wasn't doing anything. He, now he's whining about it. Jamarcus sad. Jamarcus is sad today. The other day on a podcast, Jamarcus Russell said, actually today in this, he said, why would you play an effing game with my life? Oh, it's their fault you're a lazy uh, guy that doesn't want to work. Why would you F me over? You're supposed to be teaching me so I can get better, man. I never got that. LSU wouldn't have done no S like that. Well, so what? You're a pro. You're a man. I hear all these guys say all the time, I'm a man. Remember Gundy? My gun, Grandy Gundy? He says on my radio show every day, I'm a man. I'm 40. So now, oh, I'm sorry. It's, ju- it's 
the Raiders' fault that Jamarcus Russell didn't want to study. Oh, it's the Phoenix or whatever the hell, the Cardinals' fault that Kyler Murray would rather, I don't know, be surfing the internet like a 13-year-old boy or going through video games like a 12-year-old boy or uh, watching TV like a fat 60-year-old man at the end of the day. Yeah, it's the coach's fault. Damn right it is. Yeah, it's the uh, position coach's fault. Yeah, it is. Oh, man, I got to tell you, 230, I tell you this all the time, man, it's an absolute clown show. It's a clown, the whole world's a clown show. Actually, four people, what's that lady's name, Molly something? Four people defending the indefensible because of an agenda. I love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's one, look, it is one of the funniest things you're ever going to see. The fake tape thing is awesome. The fake tape thing is off the chain, yo. Hey, look, we're going to give you fake tapes, and then we're going to ask you about them. Wait, someone just donated $19.99. Walk me through this. Is that to Jamarcus Russell? Or is that to, are you, are, what is that to? I love it. I think you have to split it with Jamarcus Russell. Man, let's defend a guy that doesn't study. Let's defend a guy that doesn't work. Let's defend a child. Instead of saying, you know what? You know what? I got to tell you, man. That dude should be embarrassed. Now, look, we all know that if you're on the right side of the media, you can say whatever you want. But that dude should be legitimately embarrassed. They should be. Oh, man. What do we got? Is there an oh, man in here? <laughs> Dan, there's an epidemic of adults who are still children. Man, are you right about that? Hey, let me ask you guys a question. Let me ask you. Um, Or some people, are people saying I only make 40 grand? Man, making 40 grand to cry about successful millionaires. Yeah, that's all I make. I know, that's all I make. I think I'm due for a contract. (laughs) All right, here's something I'm doing. Somehow on my 40 grand that I make, we got a boat out here. It's given to me. Just Add Water Boats, greatest company in the world. Swear to God, Keith Hockett's awesome. But gas over here at the reservoir is like seven, eight bucks a gallon. So you know what I started doing? I'm taking my five-gallon bin, and I'm going up here to whatever this gas station's called by my house, where Joe Biden is now bragging about it being under $4. Joe Biden's actually doing that. So what I've decided to do is I've decided to fill the boat. Instead of paying the $8, I'm paying $4.20 or whatever it is here. I go fill it up, bring it. Do that about three times. That's 15 gallons. That ain't bad. 
It's right by my house. I stop in. I get snacks. Liquor store next to it. I go get me a six-pack of Mango Cart, which is a great beer, by the way. I mean, unbelievable. Incredible. But two things are happening. That's for a boat on my 40 grand. Two things are happening. When you go to Chicago, you know what they've started doing? They've started siphoning the gas out of your car. A friend of mine went up there, left her car for a couple of days because she was visiting her son, and they really didn't need it. She had a full tank when she left the car, a little under, because she had driven from northwest Indiana across to Chicago. Not a long drive. Came back, three-quarters of a tank gone, one quarter left. People are siphoning gas. For boats and other things, people are going, you know, I guess $4 is better than 8 But let me tell you what else people are doing. They're driving across the southern border of the United States for cheaper gas. Do we have that? Now we got to secure the border from our own people. The legend that is Camilla Harris, I don't know. Uh, she's securing the border. You better secure it the other way. Because, well, people are going the other way. People are going to, do we have it? I'm sorry. $3.11 a gallon. We're going the other way. When's the last time, well, I guess business folks do it, but we're going for a better deal to Mexico. Now, I want you to think about that just for a quick second. Seconds over. We're going across the border to Mexico. That's it. To get gas. Our economy, now everybody tells me, well, you know, gas is expensive everywhere. Yes, it is. It's not just the United States, Dan, where gas is expensive, Dan. Gas is expensive everywhere. Have you seen the price of gas in Belgium? No. But I do know this, 100 years ago, 28 to be exact, because my son was conceived there, and he's now 28. Um, anyway, 28 years ago, the price of gas in Germany was, oh, I don't know, about three times what it was in the United States. It's always been higher, except now. Jolton Joe Biden, America's worst president, has made it such that people in the United States have to go to Mexico for cheaper gas. God bless Joe Biden. God bless you, Jersey Joe. You got it all figured out. Speaking of figured out, um, I'm not going to boycott it because I like late night at the U.S. Open. Sometimes the matches go until, like, I don't know, midnight. But Clay has a really good thing up about Novak Djokovic. Like, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry that this doesn't meet your expectations, but OutKick is the number one place in the country to go for your sports information. I don't understand why Novak Djokovic doesn't just go to Mexico, cross illegally, get on one of Joe Biden's planes, fly to New York, and play in the damn U.S. Open. 
Makes sense to me. Makes sense to all of us. The fact that Novak Djokovic cannot come here and play tennis in the U.S. Open, given where we're at with COVID, is absolutely indefensible, ridiculous, and worthy of a Ryan Clark type of rant. The stupidest of all rants. That's a Ryan Clark rant. Novak Djokovic literally would be hurting nobody. Novak Djokovic would bother nobody. Novak Djokovic would absolutely be no problem to anybody. But somehow, someway in these great United States, which I love, I love United States. So I'm I'm backing that up. These are the greatest country in the world. Uh, It is not their fault. What I would tell you is simply this. What I would tell you is Novak Djokovic not being allowed to play in the U.S. Open is a continuation of the stupidity of our dear friend, Joseph Joe Biden. Sniffing Joe, grabbing Joe, cocktail Joe, I don't know, whatever the hell you want to call him. Seriously, whatever you want to call him, I don't know. Did you see this today, ladies and gentlemen? Did you see this? Um, gas prices went down. Now, I got a whole YouTube chat of guys and gals, I assume, I don't know, that say, hey, look, the president doesn't control gas prices. Of course the president controls gas prices. Anybody with a brain knows the president can control gas prices. Guess what Jolt and Joe Biden did? Jolt and Joe Biden put out and is bragging about gas prices. Jolt and Joe Biden put out that gas prices in some states are, wait for it, under $4. I I don't understand. I don't understand. If presidents, first off, I don't understand, gas prices have declined by an average of 60 cents. Well, we're still over $4. Five straight weeks of it coming down. Wait, it's still over $4. When I'll give you guys, let's January 6th happened, right? That's your big date. Gas was $179. We're bragging about it being under $4. But I, second part, I thought the president didn't have anything to do with it. And if he didn't have anything to do with it, why is he bragging about gas prices over $4. See what I did there? I went Indy Star. I spun the whole narrative. Clever. Why? If you live in South Carolina, Texas, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, or Tennessee, Biden says, the average gas price is under $4 a gallon. He says, that's a big deal. Well, of course, he didn't say it. He came in right. He shuffles. Guy says, wow, it's only up $2 more than it should be because of you. Stacy Ray says, so you're saying you control gas prices after all? Wow, what savings we have. Joe Joe Biden is putting money. Just, Just a little, just a little wiggle room. Just a little wiggle room. That's our man. 
Joe, Joe Biden giving us just a little wiggle room. I never even cared about this stuff until basically Trump got elected. Then I saw a businessman running the country, and I'm like, well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But hey, could, do we, we probably don't have the Joe Biden wiggle room uh, montage, do we? I, I riff here often. So all of a sudden, you know, but the montage that Joe Biden put out about wiggle room is one of the greats. It was on a thing called Mats, Maz. Just a little wiggle room. We think there's enough wiggle room, says Leanne Caldwell. There's legitimately nothing, nothing, and I mean nothing funnier than a Joe Biden speech. We got wiggle room. I can't stop saying it, all right? I know I should. I know it's not great TV, but you know what? As they say, sometimes you got to do something for yourself. And saying wiggle room has made me damn happy. So is that the wiggle room? So we went from $1.79 to getting blasted to 450 or five bucks or eight bucks to now it's actually still over four in these city states. He's not telling us the truth, but is that the wiggle room that he's talking about? Is that like, do I raise things up to bring them down yet? They're still way up. Is that the, uh, is that the wiggle room that Jolton Joe is talking about? I mean, I don't know. So when you create something that, um, oh, I don't know, uh, kills you, and then all of a sudden you bring it down, is, is, is that the wiggle room? I, I guess it is. I guess it is. So good for us. Now we got wiggle room. Now we can go out. And, uh, you know, I don't know. What can we go out and do? I don't know. And now, you know, isn't it amazing? Midterms are getting closer, right? Isn't it fascinating how these things are starting to happen? I, I could be dead wrong. Like, I, I, maybe that's the cynic in me. But, huh, Joe Biden is the least trusted, least liked president ever, according to polls. Joe Biden is a man that only the worst among us currently support. Joe Biden is a man who has had everything go the way he has wanted it to go with zero, zero, ladies and gentlemen, accountability. Hunter Biden, yeah, we're fine. Dude says that he has cancer, no follow-up. Dude says that he has COVID, we got some doctors saying that he ate his full plate. All right. God bless America. But the truth of the matter is, Joe Biden's a disaster. The truth of the matter is, Kyler Murray's a disaster. The truth of the matter is, Kyler Murray at least has some talent that his talent can outrun him being a complete disaster. Joe Biden can't. There aren't enough king's horses and there aren't enough king's men to get Joe Biden out. The only thing that gets Joe Biden out is by saying there's no recession. Is by saying, look at what I'm doing for gas prices. 
is by having the media cover for not only him, but his son and his family, having his wife compare, I guess, Mexican-Americans to tacos. Joe Biden, the only way Joe Biden gets out of this is because there aren't enough shows like ours. There aren't enough websites that matter like OutKick. I know I'm supposed to talk sports. Of course I am. But I got bored with sports. I like talking about this stuff. I don't like talking about having to go to Mexico for cheaper gas. That's not great. I don't like that at all. Uh, One of our favorites had a baby. She did. She had a baby, Allison Williams, and she's back with us. We welcome Allison Williams and we welcome her baby. I haven't talked to A-dubs in a while. I have a theory. I don't block or I don't bother coaches that lose or families that have babies because they got enough without talking to me. Coaches that lose, I'll never talk to. No chance. None. I remember Urban would lose. I would send him a note, hang in there. Well, if you're a friend, no, that's if you're a friend. That's not how coaches think. I don't want to talk to nobody. You know what I wanted to do? Get the damn work. I did. All right, A-Dubs is joining us, baby. A-Dubs is joining us. I got to get her opinion on everything. When we come back, the best. We also got to find out when the hell is her show going. Hey, I want to start a new segment. Guys, we're going to start this new segment. It's called Woke-A-Dope. What do you guys think? Don't steal it from me. Woke-A-Dope. I like it. Every day we get a dope. That is woke. I think it's pretty good. Woke-a-dope. I thought about it last night in the middle of the night. Don't know why it came to me. I should be having like sex dreams. I should be doing something other than having thoughts about segments. I should be, I don't know. I should be in a pile in my dreams. I'm not. You know what I am? I'm worried about woke-a-dope. I just sent it to the boys. We don't have it today, but we'll have it tomorrow. Woke-a-dope. Glad I remembered. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. America still owes Allison Williams an apology. A Doublelicious is going to join us, assuming that her baby, which I believe is two weeks old, does not, does not have an issue. I'm going to recap some things going back. And if you guys, I'm going to recap it, but if you can get that Matt Gates. Played back up. That'd be awesome. Uh, Let me know when you have it. Ohio State and Wisconsin are huge Big Ten favorites. Ain't going to happen. I'm telling you right now. Ohio State will be. Wisconsin's got to go to Ohio State, got to go to Michigan State. Purdue does not play Michigan, does not play Ohio State, does not play Michigan State. They do, however, have to go to Wisconsin. That's a big game. But Purdue has an easy schedule. A quarterback that I believe, ladies and gentlemen, 
is going to be a Heisman candidate in Aiden O'Connell. If you don't believe me, I'm not going to waste your time again by, you know, going through all his numbers. But over the last five games, which is all I give a rat's ass about as we move into next year, he was the best quarterback in the Big Ten. His number has gone from plus 10,000 to plus 9,000 because I have been talking about him. So it's going to be Purdue and not Wisconsin, and it's going to be Ohio State. Allison is going to join us here in a moment. Also, what do Kevin Durant – I'll ask you, Allison. You ready? Sure. First, congrats on the baby. What, July 12th? Yeah. My babies like to bake. She came like 10 days late. Yeah. Are we sleeping? Are we doing anything? Or what are we doing? I mean, everything in small increments, right? Like she actually, I mean, the sleeping thing hasn't been terrible because she'll give me some long stretches at night. But then you're like, you're up to pump or feed. I mean, everything's like, you know, as soon as your food's hot and ready and you're going to sit down, she decides she's ready to eat. And it's 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 all newborn 101 over here. (laughs) And then you add a three year old into the mix. So it's really fun. How is a three-year-old doing with a, a new baby brother? Uh, baby sister. He's good. Um, oh. He, yeah, no, you're good. He, um, he's, it was an adjustment at first. So I actually, I, I was like stuck in bed for a few days. Uh, my midwives wanted me to stay in bed. So he didn't like that. Like he wanted his mommy back. He wanted me out of bed. Now that I'm like good and healed and up and mobile and stuff, he's much better. And he loves this. He calls her baby sissy sis and. He's super sweet. Um, wait till she starts stealing his toys, so that'll all change. But for now, like, because she's just lays there and fusses, and he thinks she's cute and fun and all that. So it's great. It's been really cool. It's been yeah. cool to see him, like, be sweet and kind. And, like, you don't know kind of how they're going to react and whatnot. And he's been really, really fun to watch that kind of relationship. It's super, super um, melts your heart. My, my family has me on video. Uh, and I didn't know it was on video, saying that from the looks of my son when he was like three days, um, I think he's going to be a criminal serving a life sentence. That's what <laughs> my take was. And and they got me on video doing it. I go, man, I look Why at my dad, I go, it looks that? like he's going to... He just looked like a guy that was going to do time. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I just... And I didn't know I was being taped. The next thing you know, it got played back. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I've showed Andrew. He doesn't really remember, but yeah. So, hey, look, I want to get right to it. Let's go. When's the new show? What are we doing? Talk to me about the new show. Okay, so we finally have a release date coming out mid-August. We're going to drop the first first part. It's going to be two parts. So first part will be our, our four interviews we've shot so far. Um, but yes, we finally have a, a release date and a strategy in place. They're like working on some final edits and things, and then it'll be out middle of August. Can you say who your first interview is with Oprah? Um, one of our first ones was the two that we had, um, first were Jonathan Isaac and Ennis Cantor. Um, those two guys. And, and then, you know, like, it's crazy too, how much it's changed even with Ennis since then. Right, like all the stuff going on with how outspoken he's been, and I should say Ed's freedom, um, but just with how outspoken he's been, and this stuff coming out with like Adam Silver, and 
you know, talking about some things are business decisions. So um, yeah, it's, it's pretty insane kind of what he's taken on. If you think about it with speaking out against China and, and the corruption within the NBA. And I mean, he thinks he's basically been like blacklisted from playing and you can debate his talent all you want and, you know, whether or not he deserves to be on a team, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but you can't deny like the timing of um, his kind of being, I don't know, I guess, take you know no, no longer in the league like when Houston cut him and all that stuff so um he was really really fascinating to talk to um and then we have two more after that and then we'll probably we'll shoot four more that we haven't done yet well let me let me go back to Cantor for a minute you did film this I remember it was a while back and now let's yeah. talk about you know basically the leaked audio where they pretty much said Cantor was right will you go back to him will you include that in the interview how does that work yeah, so we actually have been in touch with him since then to figure out what we want to pull and how to best how to best update it. A lot of the interview was about his story, and so in some ways it was somewhat evergreen. I mean, just his journey from Turkey and what he learned kind of coming to the U.S. about um, the freedoms and rights we have and how that's inspired him to, to take on the causes that he has now, how he even learned about the Uyghur population, um, which is the Muslim population that's been essentially under genocide in China. Um, so some of it is evergreen in the sense that it's it's the evolution of him as um, kind of a human rights advocate and what he's had to sacrifice. I mean, he hasn't seen his family in seven plus years. Can't talk to his parents directly. They've had to um, essentially disown him to maintain their citizenship in Turkey. So it's a lot about what he's had to sacrifice and give up and, you know, his NBA career. Like, I mean, he knew to a certain extent that if he took this on, he may never play again. And that was something he had to kind of reconcile within himself, um, knowing that he would put his, the future of his career on the line by doing what he felt was right and kind of why, even knowing that he still decided to do what he did. So some of it, yeah, is very evergreen um, and will last, but some of it will absolutely have to be updated with everything that's gone on here in the last couple of weeks even. I want to get to something else. Obviously, the Roe v. Wade situation. I haven't had a chance to talk to you uh, since all that went down. We had protests here yesterday as uh, the state of Indiana gets going in the legislature. What, are you, what were your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on it? I mean, it's, it's so complicated, Dan, and I, I think it's a conversation that people need to have um, in their homes. And I understand there's a lot of anger right now. I think, I think the biggest thing people need to realize is what the ruling did and didn't do. I mean, it, it didn't, it's not like there's a federal ban on abortion, right? Like, I think that's what people want to portray it as. Um, but basically it just said there isn't a federal right to it either. And so it takes it to the States. And if people feel strongly one way or the other, then that is certainly within their, their American right to, um, to, to voice that and to, to, try and affect change in the way they want to see on a local level. Um, I, my personal views on abortion have evolved, I think. Um, I've always been more pro-choice and I have a hard time sitting here and saying like life unequivocally begins at conception. I don't think it takes into the, the nuancedness of um, what happens at conception. And then you look at people who do IVF. I mean, if they have embryos and storage are they like morally obligated to try and bring those embryos to life because that's life I don't know like I think that opens up a really difficult can of worms when you say hard line at conception life begins right to life begins um I think a woman has a right to choice especially early on but later on I it, it, it appalls me and having like 
just carried a child to term and, and knowing what that child does inside my body um, to think that it's not alive is just, you're fooling yourself. But um, I think there comes a point in a pregnancy when a woman does make a choice with her inaction. So uh, I think, again, it, it's complicated. I think it's right that it's gone to the States. Um, the, the legal foundation of that argument was never a solid one. So I just hate that there's more, I mean, honestly, I just hate that there's another thing to divide us all on and make us fight and yell and scream. I think we need to have difficult, hard conversations with each other and, and really think about what we're saying when we, when we advocate for certain things and the real life consequences. And, um, and I think we need to be careful about talking in facts because there's a lot of misinformation about what an is, is and isn't an abortion right now. Um, and there's a lot of difficult situations people are in. So it's, it, it's tough. Like this is not an easy, an easy subject. This is not an easy decision for anyone that has to make it. Um, I think we can do more to put women. So women aren't in the position to make that decision or have to make that choice or not. Um, it's just, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's really, really tough. And I feel different like morally and versus legally and a lot of it too, if that makes sense. You know, one of the things that it's not going away, right? I mean, this is, mm -hmm. you know, will you address that when you get going on your third, fourth, fifth interviews? Will that be a major topic on your show, discussing that? I don't think so. Um, unless there was a crossover into, like, the sports world. I know Harbaugh spoke out on it lately. Um, what, what, what would intrigue me is if someone took a, let's say, a pro-life stance, um, in an organization that is very pro-choice. And if they were then ostracized or criticized or, or blacklisted or whatever, canceled uh, because of that, then that would be something that intrigued me. So let's say somebody in like um, the WNBA came out and said like, no, look, I'm, I'm pro-life and this is why and blah, 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 blah. And then the WNBA, WNBA like cuts them or something like that. Like then I would feel um, compelled to talk to that person. Like I wouldn't go just seeking, Hey, I want to find somebody that's going to stir the pot on abortion. But if somebody tried to speak their mind and their beliefs and was, um, was treated negatively or misrepresented because of it, then yes, I would, that would be something I would be interested in for sure. You know what, Allison? Um, I, I, it, this is going back before it all kind of blew up, but I started realizing that Brittany Griner had been in jail for like four months for vape. This is, you know, a couple months ago. And I started paying attention to it and talking about it. And one of the, man, I can't believe how many people said, well, she's an entitled American, just leave her ass there. I'm, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, hey, I don't know. Where, where are you sitting on this one? I can't believe it's been that long either. I saw it was, it's like over 160 some days now. That's half a year. Like that's an, that's an insane yeah. amount of time for a vape pen that I think she was using to manage pain. Um, I understand there's different rules in Russia, but, but to not have like some empathy and um, to, to just not see like a fellow human and American being mistreated in a foreign country. Like why is that so hard for people to wrap their mind around? The punishment clearly does not fit the crime. Um, it, did she mess up? Yeah, sure. But to be there for, for this long is just insane. And I, I can't even imagine how scary and, um, just, uh, just terrifying and not knowing like with no end in sight. I mean, what's the game plan here? Like, what are, I don't know. It's, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. Um, I feel for her, I feel for her, her wife and her family, um, and her friends. And, uh, she it's, it's gone on way too long. And it does seem like there's more that could be done. Like, 
I, I don't, I don't like playing the whole, like, Oh, well, if she were a man card, but I mean, if it was an NBA player, what would Adam Silver be doing, you know, and, and how much influence would he have and what would be different? It, I don't know. I just can't imagine it going on this long. I mean, that's a really, that's a really long time. It, it, it just struck me like, and again, this is mm-hmm. a couple months ago. It just struck me like, damn, she's still in that jail. Like, Hey, look, I know, and I'm probably wrong about this. The only thing I can go by is Trump got those guys out of China for whatever the reason. I mean, look, uh, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not here telling you, but he did. And, and I'm not saying that everybody that gets arrested in Russia should immediately assume that the president of the United States is getting them out. But this right. one, this one seems, you know, this one seems crazy. Do you think the president should intercede in this? Is this, is this something he should be involved in? At some point, I think he's got to speak out to it. I mean, look, we're all, we're all supposed to be one, right? So we got to take care of our own. I have heard like the guy that they want to do the prisoner swap though for, he sounds like a pretty gnarly dude. He's like on, on all these weapons charges, <laughs> yeah. like this crazy Russian killer. I'm like, oh, so I understand that there's a hesitancy there. Um, but I do think at some point he's got to weigh in on this and like push the needle one way or the other, or let them know like this isn't okay. Um, it, it it just seems like more can and should be done. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is a law-abiding American citizen who's being held um, for for way 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 too long, and it seems like for reasons other than the reason she's there, it seems like on their end it's to make a point in a statement. So maybe we need to do the same. Hey, I want to go back to something. Did you have a chance to hear the leaked audio about Cantor? It, does that make Cantor, or how bad does that make the NBA look? But the NBA's in bed, man, with all the media. No, not much coverage of all that. Not much. No, no. And that's that's the thing. Like, everybody forgets. It's Everybody's in bed with everyone on this, right? Like, so the NBA is in bed with China. I mean, their deal is worth like 1.5 billion with their streaming services. And then you've got the media who are the rights holders for, for, for the NBA and they're in bed together. So um, that's, that's, the, that's the thing that's tough. And there isn't a lot of coverage and there wasn't um, from the beginning with what he was doing. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. And when you have all the major players kind of looking out for one another, it impacts what kind of coverage you get, what kind of honesty you get, how much transparency there is, how it's it's slanted and 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 so forth. And that's why I think it's important to talk to people directly like Cantor and like, what are you experiencing? What is what is happening? What have you been told? How do you know this? Um, because the the majority of the media coverage is going to be tilted one way or the other based on their financial um, beholdings. And look, like that's that's kind of the name of the game in business. I understand that. Like, but I just think there needs to be more, um, more transparency there. Like, like people need to realize the relationships that are at play, um, and the mutual beneficial circumstances that are at play here. The NBA does well, ESPN does well. I mean, there's a, there's a cohesion there. Um, I understand companies need to put their financial interests first, fine, but like we need to be a little more transparent about it and people need to be more aware of how it impacts what information they do and do not receive. Uh, has anybody apologized to you lately? <laughs> no, not lately. That's okay, though. I got my baby. We're good. We're good. All right. Thanks for the 15 minutes. How's your husband doing? Is he all right? I mean, look, we, we're the forgotten people in this. Damn it. Okay. Okay. Really? Really? Don't even get me no, going on that. I don't think really. he's taken a, no. I don't think he's taken a full day off of work since she's been here, but my mom was here for two weeks. So that was, that was the saving grace. Um, but he's good. He's up there with both, 
with both kids right now, so I probably shouldn't talk too much snack. Um, but he's doing well. We're all we're all good and and just happy to have have a family of four and even out the numbers here in the household a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Allison, thanks. Thank you so much. You're awesome. You're the best. Congrats. We'll so happy thanks. for you. Thank you. All right. That's the that's the Uber talented. Allison Williams. She is the best. And when her show hits, I'm telling you, it's going to be a national success because she is smart. She knows the right things to ask. She knows the right people to get in. It's Kantner, Jonathan Isaacs, the kid who refused to kneel at Mich or at Florida State. And, and Jonathan Isaacs actually has written a really good, uh, a really good book on that. Uh, but when Allison's show, it's going to be on the Daily, the Daily Wire. Excuse me. I always get those two and I always screw them up. Uh, today is Dockage Day. You can see me right now. You can hear me 9 to 11. Oh, excuse me. You can hear me noon to 3 over at 107.5 The Fan. Then tonight, uh, 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock, you can watch on ESPNN2 with the TBT. Now, let me go through the TBT with you really quickly. The TBT is a tournament where basically all of your friends can sign up. And if you get in a tournament, you know, you can win a million dollars. And a lot of alumni teams are still available. Last night, the Wichita team won. The Buffalo, University of Buffalo team, which is a great story. They are playing with the names of the victims of the Buffalo shooting on their back. The Let's put it this way. The TBT is a community event. It is not just a basketball tournament with guys greedily going and trying to win a million dollars. They are. This is guys that love to play, that want to play, that have relationships that go back to college, and frankly, the million dollars is an addition. Think about this. Think about whatever sport you played. If you could enter a tournament where you had the opportunity, if you win it, all right, if you win it, to win a million dollars. However, on the road there, you get to play with your buddies from college. You get to play with some guys that went to your school in front of a crowd, and you get to do it on national TV. Don't at me, people. That is what we're talking about. That is what we all want to do. And you can see it tonight. Purdue's team... I'm a little restless because I got to go to the bathroom. Purdue, <laughs> Purdue's team is taking on Floyd Mayweather's team, the money team. Floyd Mayweather, uh, the boxer, has a kid on it named Jordan Crawford who played for me at Bowling Green. Not the Jordan Crawford that played at Xavier, Jordan Crawford that played at Bowling Green. Jordan Crawford is like the little brother. Jordan Crawford like flew the team on Mayweather's plane to workouts. To camps. Yeah. They're going to take on the Menomachy. It's a Purdue group, except that the Purdue group only has three guys that actually played at Purdue, but these guys are all a bunch of friends from a bunch of different places. Then later on, the Red Scare. It is in Dayton tonight. I will be in Dayton with the great... Uh, I cannot speak well, but if I could speak well, I would tell you that I'm going to be in Dayton tonight doing the game. And in doing the game, you all are going to realize that I am America's best broadcaster. In doing the game, you're going to understand, along with Allie, uh, uh, oh man, I always say your name wrong, Shamati, Al Alice, Ashley, 
Shamani, and Eric Collins. Not Eric Williams, Eric Collins. I'm a mess. When I got to go potty, I'm a mess. You guys can clip this off, show it back to me, and I'll make damn sure this never happens again. I need a bucket down here on this show. Having said that, that's the TBT. Let me go through something that just broke. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren just spoke. Here's the deal. Kevin Warren basically said, hey, look, we are going to expand. He didn't say they're going to expand, but he said they're going to expand. Regarding expansion, it may include future expansion, but it will be done for the right reasons at the right time. Now, what does that mean? We will not expand to just expand. All right, let's just say for the sake of argument, they bring in North Carolina. Hey, why'd you bring in North Carolina? Yeah, you know, we just felt like expanding. What? Swat. You're never expanding to just expand when you're the Big Ten. And I'm a big Kevin Warren fan. I think Kevin Warren figured it out. He got on a job, replaced an absolute positive 1,000% legend, Uh, in Jim Delaney. He got on the job. COVID hit. He had to make tough decisions. I believe Kevin Warren made the decision to shut down football with the best interests of everybody's health in play. Certainly didn't do it for financial reasons. I mean, we all bitch, whine, and moan about people doing things for financial reasons. Kevin Warren shut down football, obviously not for that, for health reasons. Got crushed, got ripped, was flexible enough to do the, I guess, right thing, football was played, body bags weren't needed, and the world went on its way. So I trust Kevin Warren. Now, Ohio State fans got mad at Kevin Warren. Why? Oh, I don't know, because we weren't going to have football. Fine. So Ohio State fans then say, well, Kevin Warren had nothing to do with USC and UCLA coming in. Fox did it. Could be true. Kevin Warren's the commissioner. If we're going to give all the bad that happens on his watch, regardless of whether it's Kevin Warren's deal, we better give the good that's on Kevin Warren's watch. And that was bringing in UCLA, USC, and the second largest media market in the country. Now, the other thing going on with the Big Ten is the media rights are up. Fox, our company, has the rights. They get to make the majority of the decisions. They don't have the total rights, but they're the leader in the clubhouse in terms of they own most of the rights. ESPN obviously involves CBS in basketball. Of course, you all know we got Amazon. We got everything. Hell, we ought to play them here on OutKick. There will be a time when it, uh, probably SEC basketball will be on OutKick. Here's what Kevin Warren had to say about that. We'll have some new family members in our media partner list sometime soon. What he's saying is right now, quote, they are finalizing media rights deal and look forward to making an announcement sooner than later. Will that include Amazon? How much will that include ESPN? How much will that include Fox? Uh, It's going to include both. The Big Ten Network is owned 49% by the Big Ten, right? 51%. Uh, by Fox. Isn't that how it goes? So look, there are going to be new partners. There are going to be new things. There are going to be things and people involved here that you've never seen before. And that's a good thing. Streaming is king. Stations like this are the future. That's why I jumped here. 
That's why I'm so pleased every single day I get to wake up, get come downstairs, do this show with great people like Ryan and Dylan and Davey and Gary and everybody else. True that. So you're going to see something happen here that, you know what, I don't know. Last thing, Darius Leonard, linebacker for the Colts, wants to be called Shaquille. All right. He's Shaquille Leonard. You love Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard is known as a talker. See how I settled down here nicely? Darius Leonard is a talker. I'm sorry. Shaquille Leonard is a talker. So let's go Shaq. I prefer to be called Cowboy. Actually, let me take that back. I prefer to be called Rip, R-I-P. My parents and everybody in my neighborhood called me Rip from the time I was six until the time actually some still do. There's a couple people still left in my neighborhood, and when I went to see my neighborhood, I ran into one of them. He goes, hey, Ripper, how you doing, man? So I'm doing good. Ripper doing good. So call me Rip from now on. Yeah, I know Rip Hamilton made it cool, and I know Rip, the guy on Yellowstone's the main man, but I got to tell you, I was Rip before there was Hamilton, before there was the guy taking him to the old post office or whatever the hell it was, on Yellowstone. All right. Thanks, as I said to everyone. This is all day, all dockage. You got 9 to 11 right here. You got noon to 3 on 107.5 The Fan, 7 o'clock on ESPN2, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. Ladies and gentlemen, I give, I give, and I give. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back here tomorrow.